Hi, my name is Megan Smalley, and I'm with Recycling Today magazine. Welcome to the Fresh Perspective podcast. I'm here today with Brett Lurie, who works for Wilmington Paper Corporation in Pine Brook, New Jersey. Wilmington Paper is a family-owned business that offers recycling, consulting, logistics, along with several other services. Brett represents the third generation of the family-owned company. He currently serves as the company's vice president of sales. Prior to that, he received a bachelor's degree from the Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio. Thanks for coming on the show today, Brett. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be on. So to start things off, your family works for Wilmington Paper Corporation. How much were you exposed to the recycling industry growing up? Well, my father and my grandfather started the company together in 1977. So as you can imagine, I was pretty much born into the business. I worked summers for the company throughout my high school, and that continued on through college. And then I came on full-time in June of 2008. As you can imagine, that was a very interesting time to come into the business with the recession looming. Um, The recycling industry was getting hit very hard. Uh, At that time, I remember vividly there were hundreds of containers being abandoned in China. Every market was being flooded with material and pricing was hitting all-time lows. So it was, uh, it was a very interesting time to come into the business, and unfortunately, um, some of that reminds me a little bit of, of the market that we see today. Got it. And you mentioned that you essentially joined the business when the recession was going on. Did you have any doubts as you were entering the business? And if so, what were those, and how did you work through those? Yeah, it's a good question. I didn't have much of a frame of reference at the time. So when I came into the business, I could remember we were – um, it was right in the middle of all the, all the prices, you know, dropping as low as they had been in almost ever. Um, but I didn't have much of a, much of a reference point. So um, I can remember specifically a, a project that we did in the conference room of putting up all of the different grades that we managed and which ones were getting into the negative numbers. So grades that historically you always paid a decent amount for that at that point in the market we were having to charge our suppliers to take. And so we, we kind of had all hands on deck, brought everybody in and said, what are, you know, each one by one addressing all of these concerns. So I knew it was a little bit of a hectic time, but uh, I was excited to play a part in it and see how I could be helpful. I'm not sure I had any doubts necessarily, but it was a great experience to come into the market at that time because we worked very, very hard. And, uh, and it was definitely a lot of lessons learned throughout that, you know, six, 12 months when I first came in trying to get through that time period, and that kind of set the tone for, really, um, the rest of my career up until this point. Got it. Now, what was your role when you first started with the family company, and how has your role changed over the years? Yes, when I first came into the company, really for for about the first year, maybe a little more than a year, my my job was pretty much just to attach myself to my father, Stuart Lurie's hip. Um, I traveled all throughout the country, even a little bit overseas with him and sat in on just about every meeting or conversation that he had. And uh, my job was to not say anything and really just take it all in, take notes, ask questions afterwards. And that was, I mean, as good of a learning experience as I could have ever um, hoped for. Um, So that was pretty much, yeah, the first, you know, uh, year, year and a half of the company. From there, I moved on to uh, assist our COO at the time, James Rockison. I went on to assist him to learn our systems, learn a little bit of the back office, learn our operating system, how the logistics worked, which is such a huge part of our industry and what we do. So I spent about a year or two in the operations side of the business. And then from there, I went on to the the sales side of the business, started 
kind of account by account, bringing um, different locations in, uh, under my control as far as the marketing of the material or being in touch with the, with the facilities that we manage and helping them uh, maximize their revenue from their scrap. And then really since then, so for about the last eight years or so, uh, I've been fully um, in the sales group and um, taking a larger role in that part of what we do. And, of course, also still with my hands a little bit in the, uh, in the operation side of the business and the, uh, and the financial group. Got it. And you've been working with the family business for about a decade now. So the past decade, what have been some of the challenges that you faced in your career? I guess some of the challenges kind of personally, right from, right from the start of coming into the company, um, which is it's challenging, it's very exciting, but also challenging, is being a, a very young um, a child of the owner of the company and coming into the business and trying to earn your way. And, and so that, for the first couple of years, was definitely a challenge that, that was, was great. It served as, as a form of motivation. You have to continue to earn it every day and, and make sure you're working harder than anybody else so nobody thinks anything was handed to you. And, and all those challenges, I'm sure many other people in, in my shoes have experienced as well. So, again, exciting and, and um, very lucky to have that opportunity but definitely uh, presents some challenges as well. I think one of the other challenges um, coming up in the company for myself was trying to figure out in such a mature market and industry that's been around for a long time um, is trying to figure out how to, how to really make a difference. You know, when I was uh, three, four, five years into the company, and you're starting to feel pressure of how do I produce, how do I add value to what we've been doing already for 30-plus years, um, and trying to figure out the ways it, to get that done, it's, it, it could be a little daunting. You know, you, you, you start to question a little bit. Is what could I possibly bring to this company or this industry as a 25-year-old kid with only a couple of years' experience? And I'm looking around at the conferences and, and, and different meetings that we're having, and people have been in the industry for 40, 50 years. So that could, that, that's definitely a little bit of a challenge. But, again, it serves as a, uh, as a motivating um, – it serves as motivation as you keep – working and, and just making sure you're, you're out working everybody to provide value. Now, working for your father, was it almost harder to work for him than to work for an outside company? Why or why not? <laughs> would you say that? Yeah, I, I, would, I would say so. Um, and I, I, I'm sure other people in maybe my position would agree, and maybe um, people that weren't would, would question that. You know, it, it's tough. There's, there's, there's pros and cons. I'm very, very fortunate to have somebody like my father who I could take after learn from definitely did not cut me any breaks throughout the start of my of my career and and as I kind of built he has a no excuses type of type of attitude and um, holds me to that maybe more than than anybody else in our company or, or that works with us and so I, I would say it's, it, it was it was harder at first and then you know slowly you, you mature a little bit and you grow an appreciation for just how lucky you are to to have that type of a leader to be able to learn from and to hold you accountable most importantly for what you do. Now, what were some of the successes that you've had in your career the last decade? You know, one of the things that I'm, I'm most proud of, I think, since coming into the company, um, you know, my, as my father ha had always said, if I were just to come in and only support what he had built and not add anything different or develop anything new, then we'd be, we'd, we'd see our company shrinking and we'd be in a little bit of a dangerous position, especially with an in industry that is uh, consolidating so rapidly. So I think I was able to try and use our current network of business and relationships 
and try and build some new business segments to become major parts of our company's revenue over the last few years. Uh, two of the main ones would be kind of the trash management and landfill diversion business, and then we built the, the export brokerage and, and a trading business. And so to be able to add those and complement what, what my father had built for the previous 30-plus years, to me, I was very proud of that, and, and I know that uh, it's been important to our group and our company. And so it's something we want to continue to do moving forward. So, you know, it was a lot of hard work and, and, uh, and development, but uh, definitely something that I'm proud of. I'm curious, too, what do you see as some of the biggest issues in the recovered fi- fiber segment of the industry today and why? I know you mentioned that it's very similar to what you first came into about a decade ago. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of challenges right now. So, so there's, there's several to pick from as far as the most important. There, there's a lot of challenges. You know, a major concern that we see regularly, and I know a lot of other groups are going through the same thing, is just how volatile of a market that we're in. And it's continued. Both the ups and the downs have been greater and more significant than, than we've ever seen before. Um, and from what I hear, you know, even, you know, 20, 30 years prior to, to me coming into this business. So it's not just in, in the pricing changes that make it so difficult. It's seeing the consolidation in the market, seeing that major paper mills are either closing or um, converting their product or you know, entire countries that will be so strong into the market and can buy one type of product, and next thing you know, that entire country is out of the market and kind of leaving everybody hanging to figure something else out. So it's a huge challenge. I know everybody's going through it in every market segment, really. You know, a great example is you could develop something uh, that fits so well for everybody involved, whether it's equipment or procedures that you've put in place at, at converting facilities, um, or you could build an entire recycling plant um, in order to support your suppliers and in order to support your community and their recycling needs. And then you have a product that you're making that's, that's acceptable and it's sought after by markets. And so you, you've, you've put something together that's helped both the supplier, the customer, everybody's happy. And then the next day, uh, a country could shut its doors and the entire project has to be unwound or changed. And there's so many costs and challenges involved in that, that um, and we're seeing that happen so regularly at this point that, that um, it, it presents some significant challenges. Got it. And do you have any solutions to those challenges? Or is there anything that you learned from a decade ago that you can apply today to this market condition? Yeah, I think, you know, I don't know if I have one specific solution. I think it goes back to the basics a little bit. You have to work very, very hard, staying ahead of the curve, understanding each region and the markets that are there, uh, making sure you have a backup option for any, anything that you're in charge of, of selling into the market, staying ahead of the curve as far as your, your supply locations, What's their quality? What are their specs? Being very much in touch with that. You can't take the easy easy way, really, of just saying, okay, well, this is the grade you make. Great, we'll buy it. We'll sell it to, to this country, and, and, and we're good. Um, you really have to get in there, understand what you're buying, understand how it's being made, and make sure that you have the right options in play um, in order to manage that responsibly. And so it just challenges everybody to, to do that extra work and um, – and then hopefully, even if some of these market changes do happen, you could be somewhat protected in, in that you have some other options ready to go. Are there any new technologies that you've seen that you think could help paper recyclers and MRFs in today's market? Yeah, I think um, you know claims and rejections are unfortunately such a major part of our industry. And the methods that, that we have right now to calculate them and to, and to work through them are 
very outdated and, and somewhat inaccurate overall. So I think that's just a huge issue that, that has to be addressed, and it seems like there are some technologies on the horizon that could help with that, whether it's certain scanning technology to be able to give you some readings as to either the moisture content of what you're making or the makeup of, of a bale that's coming out with certain plastics versus fiber and outthrows, prohibs, all, all the above. I think some technology in that front would be huge. Uh, you know, suppliers are putting in a lot of time and effort and investment in order to make a product that, they're, that they'll stand behind, and then they could still end up with claims based on, you know, where you stick it, uh, something into a bale, and there's really no, not much you could do to fight it. So that's such, that seems to be a part of the industry that's, that's difficult to work through, and it is a huge part of the industry. And so um, uh, I'm hopeful that some of these things we've heard about will come to fruition sooner than later. Got it. And lastly, what are some of your goals for the next few years in the industry, as well as what are goals for your company in the next few years? Yeah, I think our, our, our number one goal every day is to continue to differentiate ourselves and to provide real value to everybody that we do business with. I think that's the only way that we'll continue to earn our position. As a company, we want to kind of double down on our core business, which is managing the recycling programs for industrial converting facilities. And we want to make sure that we're the best in the world at doing that. At the same time, we've, we've invested in our sales group, and we want to continue to grow in the other market segments that I mentioned earlier. And so really our overall goal is to, is to grow responsibly in, in both of those areas. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show today, Brett. Great. Thank you so much.